Welcome back to Storybud. We have a very exciting guest today, don't we? Yeah, it's our friend Karen Louise. Um, so I met Karen, oh it's 20 years ago now. I was thinking the other day that in September it'll be 20 years. Yep. Uh, and the first time I met Karen, I was terrified slash repulsed. I can remember what Did she you was realize you were terrified? I thought she hated me. Yeah, well, I was just, I don't know, yeah, I was just like t- the two I can't ends believe of a you said repulsed and she hasn't slapped you. She's <laughs> <laughs> too far away. I was like, ugh. Uh, and we were going to be boarding together in, in school. Um, but it all turned around. It's great. Yeah, look at us now. And but you've known Karen for way longer than yes, that. Yes, we were in Kalosh and Arena together when I was 93, 94. 10 brackets, way too young to be boarding school, close brackets. Were you boarding? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. It, it, that was the only boarding. Oh, but it was up the road from your house. Yeah. Okay. So we became friends there and then basically Karen copied me and came to the same secondary school all the way in Dublin. Except I boarded. Yeah. Because my parents loved me more. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and then I think you guys were great friends all through school. We oh, weren't friends. We were friends. But we oh, weren't, changing like, your tune. Hanging out all the time, and then basically what happened was Kira fucked off to Africa, and myself and Karen clung tightly to each other yep. in absentia of Kira. Um, and now she's back, and we're all friends <laughs> part time because I'm not here. Yeah, so all Karen the time lives in London. Um, and something that Karen knows a lot about that I don't is fashion and retail. So we thought we'd bring Karen in to chat a little bit about that, amongst other things. But um, so Karen works for or with a big British retailer, or not that big, but you'd have heard the name if we were going to say it. <coughs> so she and has worked in lingerie. And tell us your traje- trajectory. Uh, it's like my my mini CV spiel. Yeah, and then you can go forward five years. Tell us how you five years. Um, I did management consulting for a few years. Um, loved it, but then they tried to make me an accountant, and I couldn't do sums. So I went to work in a Dublin retailer, and got into buying from there, and then moved to the UK. And ended up working um, again in buying, but in lingerie for years, and then moved to men's formal wear, then women's nightwear, and I'm currently on men's shoes. So quite technical areas. I have absolutely no fashion training. I'm just a business head. I don't know why they put me on these I technical you areas. Training, you love it. I think we're brilliant. Cool. I'm fully trained in everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> no career path. What has been your favourite area? I mean, I know, but I'm just asking for... I absolutely loved lingerie, but I've definitely had... I'm my most... Oh, no, no. mm, Loved lingerie. Also passionately loved nightwear, but... I love lingerie. I'm most relaxed when I worked on menswear. Because... Probably I care less, to be totally honest. I'm not, like, as passionately involved. I'm a bit like, would he wear that? I don't know. Yeah. Whereas women's wear, you're, I think, a bit more invested in. And also... Pardon the pun, lingerie. Yeah. Best. Yeah. Best. I don't know. And, uh, and when you were, when she's working in lingerie, it was great because I happened to be a sample size and I got all of the free underwear. So did you, didn't you? 
I got a good bit, yeah, yeah. And then, but I also felt like you used to immediately when she'd see you, she'd be like, "Oh, your boobs look big, small, <laughs> fat." What bra are you wearing? But, yeah, did I give Wrong you that bra? bra? Yeah. Then just like rip open your top. Or <laughs> even on a night out, I remember with friends of mine, her like being like, "Oh, what are you wearing?" And the girl holding her top out and Karen yeah. looking down and or yeah. like having a little. I think it's quite a natural thing. I mean, why would we have hang-ups about our boobs? And actually. Talking to like say on nights out where I was out with friends of friends, when people when you would say, when I would say I worked on lingerie, people would kind of like shuffle in and like open up and um, discuss their quandaries, queries, it's, or you know just whatever they were wearing or what they liked. I but I do really you enjoy kind it. Kind of assess if you see somebody because I even do it to a level of like if you see somebody in a dress and it's like defying the laws of like say it's a backless dress and strapless and whatever and you're like how is that working with the underwear. Well, I'd know what they should or could be wearing, but what they actually are, you can sometimes see. But ideally. do you feel like you evaluate people's underwear? From yeah, my biggest thing is ladies who are running. You need support, like sport, sports bras. So important. It is not, like, and particularly young girls, um, the little, you know, the trend piece from the 90s, the little uh, crop tops. They are not sports bras. They are just cotton crop tops. And I just, I think that's really important to go and get fitted in a sports bra. Like, I don't know how women, I don't have big boobs, but I don't know how women run and they are literally like, there are body parts just flowing and it just looks painful. So I would say get measured, know your size and I mean, just shovel them in. They shouldn't be running around like that with you. (laughs) Oh, you know what I mean? Just get them clamped down and supported, etc. Um, well, I'm just going to hark back a little bit further to say that when you had you had been working in management consulting and your company were, you know, trying to support you, but also maybe push you a little bit into an area that you didn't want to go into. And you said that you were going to go and work in effectively, you were going to go and work in a shop. A shop. That's exactly and what I said. Yeah. I just thought that was so brave. We were still younger yeah. then, but um it's like a good decade ago, more like twelve years. Ten years. That would have been a big adjustment to your how you spent your days, though. Totally, because I went from a consulting where, in my early twenties, my opinion, what my voice—I mean, I didn't know anything—but was respected, and people definitely, mm. customers and um, people I worked with, everybody treated you with respect. Yeah. Um, yes, you were junior, but you weren't. A dope, for yeah. lack of a better word. Really irrelevant. And yeah. then I moved to working on the shop floor and people were, it was just sort of, I, I was bemused slash, oh my God, this is my life now. People yeah. give out to me like I am eight years old. Um, and yeah, interesting. You know, and you're like, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to stop talking to me like that. Um, but then, I mean, then there were occasions where it was totally justified, like being found kind of sitting in one of the back wardrobes because I was too hungover to be on the shop floor. You know, just fight the odd time. You had to be very, like, well presented and... Ah, yeah. That was part of the fun. That store that you went to work in, I find intimidating to go into, even when I'm in, like, full makeup and... It's not. It's just a shop. Yeah. You're the one with the money. But, like... Or not. Yeah, we don't know. They need to... No, the thing about shops is, like, people are there to help you. Yeah. And my my guy friends in particular love shopping with me because um, I'll walk into a shop and and I'll just... Because I have worked in a shop. I've been on the shop floor and I'll say, 
I'm sorry, I need some help with this. And uh, like a good shop assistant knows their stuff, knows their stock, will go and find it. I'm not running around wading through everything if I'm looking for like a specific type of men's trouser suit, you know, help me. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're there that for. Kind of I don't mean that in a condescending way because I've been there. It's an Irish thing as well, though, I think, of like, oh, I'm Grant. No, I'll do it myself. Don't worry. Oh, no. I'll just wreck I, your... I, thought, even I don't though, have Even that. that you said, sorry, I need some help. It's a well, tiny little gift. That's the uh, sorry, not sorry. Like, yeah. Sorry, could you come here to me and do this for me now? Thanks. So in the fashion industry, so you, you're following a, pa- a path to become a, a buyer. Yeah. Or you are a buyer. Yeah. Um, and that means that you... I, I pick the stuff that goes into the shop in a nutshell. And how that like how does that work? So there's two sides to buying. Um I actually do both of them. Um but it would be branded and own brand. So branded is very much say you go to are we allowed to mention brand names? You yeah. go to see Ralph Lauren and you make a selection. So they might show you, for example, now we work on shoes. They might show you show you 50 shoes and you will have space. You will have allocated. Or 10 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like 10 options. So you look at the 50 that they have and you decide what 10 you're going to take into your store. But how do you decide? So um, this might not be, maybe it's not related it. at all. But so let's say something. So, for example, if I go into a shop now and I try and pick something up, everything has a fucking massive hole in it. Either it's really short or it's got a hole in the shoulder or oh, whatever. the shoulder thing drives me <laughs> mad. No, but who starts that, like, rumour so, of Okay, no, so cool. that's trend. Okay. So that very much... So, but you, and then, so in relation to that, do you have to select based on trend? So. As a buyer, you select primarily for your customer base. So if you have a very um, directional trend consumed customer you absolutely buy to that so you will be like I need the chartreuse everything because it's so hot right now okay. but if your customer is like chartreuse what's that yeah. you would literally be like I'll take the navy and the black thank you so th- your primary focus is to buy to your customer because if your customer isn't going to buy it you're not making any sales and it doesn't matter how trendy you are um, so primarily to customer secondly you're obviously limited to what the brand shows you okay um and then thirdly um to to rain so you call it ranging you know you put in the black one the blue one the red one for a pop and then you know the yellow one for or whatever it is you're buying so um if you the things you will sell the most of are always what we would say the most commercial options so the black trousers or the black shoes whatever it is um but if you were to fill your store with just the black and the gray and the navy versions that people that you sell the volume of, your shop would look so boring that no one would go in there okay. and buy those boring bits. So Even if they were going in to buy the boring yeah, bits? All right. Yeah. So you can't, fi- you, I mean, obviously you can, but you will be less successful if you fill your store with the boring stuff than if you, um, you just have these little pops, highlights, and then you buy less of those. So you'll buy less of something in fuchsia pink than you will of the grey and the navy. But just having that fuchsia pink on the shop floor makes people go, oh, what's that? And then they kind of go, yeah, it's a bit jazzy. And they move on to the next thing and they buy another option. Um, so I remember when you worked in, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but when you worked in lingerie and you were trying to, <coughs> well, I'm talking about the risk maybe, but you were trying to, to convince your team or whatever that crotchless was it crotchless pants? it's over Kira oh sorry yeah. uh, we're, if we're going to be polite I didn't hear about this did you know no 
Was that? Did I get that story wrong? No, that's perfect. Go on. What, what's but your? So, uh, what I'm saying is, um, well, what I'm asking is, you ha- what what you, was my role? What was I trying to how do? Did there? You, well, how did you know that your customer? Well, how did you have the confidence to be like, I know people are going to love Uber. That is pants. my job as a buyer. So, and how do you do within that kind the, of research? In, um, to be honest, it's Uber. partly being open to trends okay um seeing what's going on in the market seeing what's going on in the more aspirational high-end in this example lingerie brands um and then it's also it's an you need to have an eye for taste but also a gut feel yeah um and so that god how do i not make this sound awful but that particular example was a really nice um brand it was a diffusion line of a a uh, very sexy high-end brand and it was our sort of most giftable it was you, you don't buy into that brand for an everyday nude bra you buy into that brand because you're like I want to wear something sexy for my boyfriend or yeah. my husband or myself or you know whatever it is something fun flirty um and but when you were pushing it so to we, whoever it was we'd been to the showroom yeah and I saw this on a model um, and I just thought that's absolutely stunning it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life so I was there with my buyer at the time and she was sort of amused by my enthusiasm Um, but I really believed in the product I thought it was brilliant brought it back to so merchandisers are it's buying and merchandising and merchandising to oversimplify sort of manage um, stock levels in the manage the stock in the business so buyers will source the product and then merchandisers are managed sort of getting it into store what volumes you buy exit plans so sales well they essentially yeah you you effectively work together but they have the final say on buying 40 orange versus 5,000 so anyway this thing I was just like I don't know how we got it past our merchandisers but they bought like a tiny tiny quantity and we sold out got like an 80% sell through but were you shitting a brick when you were no because you manage the risk so you don't go in and buy like 400 of you know you most retailers are fairly long established so you have some history so you'll say we always sell the blue better than the red Yeah. so you put more weight more volume behind the blues okay that was it but it was grand but that is your and you as a buyer need to believe in something because if you can't convince your teams um, and your leadership team to sign it off you have to sort of tell the story why this is amazing what customer it's going to go to who's going to be excited about it and why who's going to buy it you need to know all of that and a lot of that is sort of somewhat instinctive I would say and is there is there a source of information about your buyer as in or, or do you my customer your customer sorry yeah um so like like now you're working on on men's shoes so do you have some sort of information in front of you saying 18 to so i have my olds, like, uh not really that's too so you just get to know them by what they've bought in the past yeah and also by being out in um in your own stores and looking at who's shopping your department oh. and also by on the street seeing what kind of guy is wearing yellow espadrilles you know okay. or loafers who's you know and that uh, when you work in buying it's one of those things you're sort of always checking out what people are wearing because it's so core to your business um, so that's how you build the understanding but also you could say then that the buyers of the world kind of dictate what everybody wears because the they, nar- they narrow down but it, what we have they available do, to us. But everybody will buy differently for different stores. And if you take it back a level, there's designers putting that out. Okay. So does, there's a huge 
piece yeah. around design and trend. Yeah. Um, and to your earlier question, trends are sort of in the past, they more came top down. So from, yeah. you know, um, designer brands, runway shows. Okay. Uh, but there has been such a huge emergence over the last few years of street style. Um, and the Internet has basically exploded that. It used to be a lot more limited um, access to stuff like that. People at the show, the trade, you know, the shows, the fashion shows, etc. Um, but yeah, what so it's kind of two way. Me that it's, it's basically what are the the bloggers wearing what are the fashion people wearing what are the buyers wearing okay so so let's say i don't know skinny jeans the or one of them they that didn't start necessarily at the top um, or as in I whatever the top who, is no um i think it was originally put out by was it j brand or one of the jeans brands i can't mm-hmm. remember um but so a trend can go out and there's it's like marketing celebrities speak. have a big thing absolutely too, yeah as well and there's also probably Instagrammers and bloggers have probably overpassed that now. I don't know. Um, yeah, completely. But yeah, it's, it's it's a two-way melting pot. And very often now you'll see that um, designers will actually take inspiration from what's happening on the street, how yeah. people are wearing things. And that's they'll style their shows inspired by that. So it's very democratic, I would say. Um, and would you would you even personally be big into trends as in would you feel... Because trends have a timeline, right? Yeah, usually. Mainly? Yeah. Would you feel like, oh, that's last season or... I would a bit, yeah. If something's quite extreme. So, for example, the Bardo style tops and dresses. Is that what it, what it goes straight across? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not like a boob tube, though. It goes onto no, your arms it's on, straight Yeah, across, across so. your arms. Off the shoulder. So right. that, for me, was absolutely huge. I don't like, personally, completely personally, I don't like the huge bubble trends. Um, you know, so something like Bardot tops yeah. or um, but generally something will launch as a trend, sell, get a lot of sort of Riff press off. marketing. No, no, a lot of press marketing. It'll be everywhere. It'll be in all the magazines. It'll be in all the shops. Zara will pick up on it. It'll explode and be everywhere. And then because they've had such good sales on it, retailers will go, we'll try it again for next year. You know, so it's very rare. The trends really just slam it for one season like you'll often see them come back again okay the following so like how, how long have skinny jeans been a thing now uh, at least I would well, 10 years a bit more, than more 10, so. 12 to 15 I'd say but in the beginning people were quite like oh you're skinny Completely. especially men was yeah. like what are you doing yeah. Yeah. now yeah. it's men like anything yeah. it's rare to find somebody who doesn't wear skinny jeans yeah denim yeah. has kind of moved on from skinny jeans but denim is ridiculous I think these days like, maybe it's because I'm just, but like, we'd take a pair of jeans and they'd I'd have, they'd be crotchless or they'd have. Yeah. I know. Oh, honest to God, I picked up a pair of jeans. I actually got sent a thing. And they didn't ASOS have a crotch. No crotch. It was like, a, uh, and it was in H&M. Oh. Yeah. Chaps. Oh, chaps. How yeah. interesting. I got sent a thing on ASOS saying, <laughs> we thought you might like this style and it was like crotchless jeans. Interesting. I'm sure I sent it to you. No. I couldn't believe it. I Sounds like, horrific. Well, obviously you don't know me at all, ASOS. Um, so what? And do you? So would you follow bloggers and all that, or not? Really? Personally, no. But I'm a little but bit you're of supposed an to operation. Know what they're doing, or no? Yeah. Or actually, I mean, think she might be a put blogger. Put your money where your mouth is. Karen is an uh, enigma in terms of I don't know if that's the right word, but an she aberration. has no no social media. Oh yeah. Um, 
and I think that actually she might be like I don't know secretly on yeah. the social media secretly be not. like a fashion blogger or something who is dictating all these things anyway so sorry to revert back so we've kind of talked about branding yeah brands that's where you go pick oh, out yeah. the yellows yeah. blah 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 the other type is own brand so that is where that's effectively what brands do but also because the retailer I work for we have our own label as well yeah um, so that is where you work internally with the design team you talk about trends you know and that there's so much more risk in that because you have to do bigger volumes and so that love is that. Um, yeah, 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 I do. I find brands personally very easy. That's where I came from, branded buying. So that's a walk in the park for me. It's like managing brand relationships, um, making sure the brand is happy with your selection. And you can usually sort of trade in season, etc. with that. But you put, you have to invest so much more, A, resource and B, um, cash into your own brand. So if an own brand line fails, it's back on you. Okay. Um, so you really put your money where your mouth is there. But so higher stakes, um, riskier biscuits, but it's fun. And yeah, I do really enjoy and that. And it's kind of more creative, isn't it? Totally. Because there's yeah. some brands that just like, I don't know, like say they're to my eye, I don't know, the untrained eye are like that they do khaki shorts, chinos, polo shirts and cricket jumpers. Sure. Every year. Yep. Every season. Absolutely. Is um, that like not just so it's easy for them then? Um, yes. Like the designers and that and stuff is a bit. So like, actually you know. for a designer working in that kind of field, it's quite frustrating because yeah. you were literally recolouring some chino shorts. Yeah, it's like clicking um, on last season's. Yeah. Whatever, what's the new. Let, and you you do see that in in our business as well. You know, mm. it's like, and we're just going to change the shade of pink. And you're like. It is practically identical to last year's. What a move on. Or they probably come back again every three or four years. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that is probably frustrating for a designer, but it is also important for brands like that not to actually stagnate mm. um, because your customer, and it does happen to big brands where they have a certain look or USP and then people are like, oh, come on, this same stuff. And the market moves on and the brand gets left behind because they haven't. Um what do you think about loyalty, though? Like, is there a lot of people like for using myself an example? Yeah. I wouldn't be like everything that this brand, you know, this is what my wardrobe feels. Now, I do know people who are mm-hmm. a bit like that. But like you're saying, like you, if your brand doesn't keep up with the customer, they'll leave. Whereas I don't have any brand that I would. So there are particularly in the areas that I have worked on, lingerie, um, men's suiting, and I think as well men's shoes, there's particular areas. So the less fashion edge you are. So for example, chinos, how jazzy do you want your chinos to be? Mm. You just want the chinos that fit you and you might you might want to replace the stone pair that you wear every day and you also want to pick up a colour. So a lot of customers, men and women, will become repeat purchasers for a particular product so they know their size they they can just go online or go into the store pick it up they don't even need to try it on Mm. so um again it's the sort of less fashion and huge repeat customer business um and then is there the other extreme of that because when you said that actually i thought about i had a particular pair of jeans that fit me perfectly and i loved and blah 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 and then they instead of they stopped doing them and now I don't shop there anymore. So I'm just like, oh, you're useless. Yeah, that's exactly. And you ditch me. So, for example. So it's, a, it's kind of the opposite way, whereas yeah. they were too keeping up 
when they should have been just like sticking with what they knew. Yeah, best. and it's a for me only. Honestly, actually. a no, no, no. Honestly, that is a big thing. It's a huge thing for a brand if they have a really strong, long-running continuity line. Again, I'm thinking sort of in lingerie terms. Mm. Um, there be a particular bra, and particularly when you get to larger bra sizes, because. Mm that's really challenging for women um, to find a bra that works for them, that fits them, that works for them, that is comfortable for them. Mm. And then if the brand, if a brand discontinues their bra or even as a buyer, if you discontinue that bra in your store, ructions. Yeah. yeah. Do you get See, the feedback? And that's probably absolutely. To, and not that's just probably to afford you to be able to do a new, something to new. Forward, yeah, to absolutely. Because you, you want to keep bringing some freshness. And particularly as buyers, we're a bit probably extreme in that we want the new and the as a buyer, you want mm. to be excited. Obviously, you want cash sales, but you're a bit like, yeah, yeah, have your grey and your navy. And I just want excitement. I want the pink. I want the yeah, uvers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you really have to balance that. Um, and the one thing that I think as I'm getting older and I get I have less and less money, <laughs> I uh, don't put as much value on on stuff. So I, I don't. So if I have a hundred euro, I try to get what I need out of that instead of and it annoys me sometimes because I would like to go and spend my hundred euro on something really nice in, you know, quotation marks, because sometimes it doesn't feel good to just be wearing that three piece of clothing that you own. Jeans and a stripy top. No, I'm saying like sometimes if I buy all my clothes in a cheap shop, I don't feel good, even if they're nice. Yeah. And I do wish I could invest in it. But then sometimes I'm thinking, is this thing really worth now? A hundred euros is probably not a great example, but what I'm trying to say is... If you open it up to 150, though, it's a really valid point. Yeah. You know, 100, yes, that's if you think about buying a coat, for example. Yeah. 100 is tight for a coat. But you can, of course, buy um, coats and jackets sub 100. But I guess it's that you're thinking about... It's the quality piece. Quality what, and what value. What is it, though? Is it, is it... What does make me so, feel like this five euro shirt I, is making me feel like shit even though I liked it when I picked so it up. So the fundamentals are cut and fabric. Um, so and don't, you can't necessarily be swayed by the price of something um, because something can be expensive but in a really awful fabric. But yeah. um, a lot of people definitely are. Like we have a friend. Are what? We have a oh, swayed by money. friend yeah. who's like, here's a coat for 200 quid whose coat for 650 but it's, and he would always choose the it's the difference between um, what is the psychology behind that um, that's Fashion. actually economics griffin goods the sort of less um, the more expensive and unattainable something is um, the more you want the it. more you want it yeah oh. so that applies to luxury items but, but so do, would you when a handbag is 5,000 euro okay is, is there ever anything that you're like Fuck, that is so, so that will be down to um Volume in the market. So, okay. for example, those really, really high-end bags, they are not high distribution. Yeah. For starters, you know, there are a limited num- number of people that will buy five or £10,000 handbags. Yeah. So, obviously, you don't need to flood the market with them. Um, but also, it will come down to the fabrications in them. So, for example, it might be really precious skins. It might be ostrich, crocodile. Those are really premium luxury ones. And also, they might be handcrafted in Italy. So, and the amount of work and craftsmanship 
that goes into something versus a machine made, um, you know, made in China in volume factory in okay. a man-made fabric. Um, so th- they're the things behind it. That's and what do you, dictates uh, pricing. Like if you were a billionaire or whatever, would you, personally, would you try, would you splash out on a 10,000 euro bag or do you, uh, do you put personal value into something which is uh, less available? Um, so uh, I, my dad always said to me when I was growing up, he was like, buy the best you can afford. So with my 100 euro, he would say to me, buy one thing. Yeah. Don't be buying 50. Yeah. So that was, it was instilled in me growing up to buy quality, to understand and know what you're buying. Um, like, don't buy an acrylic jumper for £100. You were being absolutely ripped off. But, um, you know, if you're buying a cashmere or a merino wool, etc., etc., or like a hand knit, yeah. that's amazing. Um, so that's my personal ethos because I absolutely hate throwing out clothes. I just yeah. find it really wasteful and... Also, I'm sentimental about my clothes, so I like to buy well and keep it in my wardrobe for years and years. Like they, they laugh at me in work because people say, oh, that's lovely. And I'll be like, oh, I've had it for years. And I genuinely will have had it for years. I might wear it two or three times a year, um, but I just keep it and I love it and trot it out every so often. So um, yeah, that's how I shop. And do, But would you find like that you could feel just as good in something from a massively available or accessible Absolutely. retailer yeah, yeah. from so high brand. yeah but for me that will I will not buy things in I will try to avoid cheaper man-made fabrics um because okay. they don't to me I don't enjoy the feeling in them like for example polyester dress I will feel sweaty and, yeah. and uncomfortable so I would avoid that and I will try to buy natural fibers um, and then I always look at the cut and the finishing. So, for example, the seaming down the sides, if that's rippling or buckling, I'm not going to buy that. You're just... And again, that that's down to how it was made. Yeah. Um, and you can have expensive things that are badly made. I wouldn't touch those. Whereas you can um, conversely buy something from a high street retailer in a, a like pretty, pretty nice fabric. Um, and it's a much better buy. Because the thing about the... Um, I guess mass market retailers is they are buying in such huge volumes that that drives down the price of the goods. So for example, you can go to a, say a retailer has 500 stores and they're putting a white shirt in. Um, And then there's a retailer that has 50 stores and they're putting a really similar white shirt. Mm. That white shirt could actually be identical in terms of the fabric base quality um, and more or less on the workmanship if it's a simple um, simple enough garment but because the one retailer is buying for 500 stores yeah. the factory making that will have better economies of scale and efficiencies so those two shirts from those two different retailers you can actually say maybe half the price in in the huge retailer get the same quality garment okay. so again it comes down to sort of knowing what you're looking at Um Touching things, looking at them, looking at them on the hanger, looking at them on the body, and does it ever come from the same factory? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like two white shirts, one of them is gonna end up in 
you know, as a luxury, a fancy store. Uh, I wouldn't go luxury, but yeah. um, say mid. So from low end of the mass market to yeah. mid retail. One's going to end up being like 60 quid and the other's And the other could be 20. 15. Okay, yeah. wow. Um, but again, it, you yeah. know, but as a general example, that is possible. That yeah. can happen. Uh, and it's exactly the same thing? Not necessarily exactly, okay. um, but it could be extremely similar. Yeah. But wow. the... Um, essentially the cheaper one is not necessarily cheaper quality just because it's £15 instead of 60 Okay. Economies of scale. Interesting. Yeah. But, and, but fashion fashion was all is a forever thing like since the beginning of well time. Well we need clothes. to put clothes on. Yeah. Do you think I think that's weird in itself. Putting, putting clothes, clothes on? Do you think religion is responsible for us going oh these two parts of my body are shameful and I have to have them covered when I'm with other people I don't know, I where did that start like I feel like that's documented I just don't know <laughs> Adam and Eve with the fig leaves uh, do you not think it's weird it's if you think about it it's socio-cultural like, so definitely impacted by religion yeah um, but also I mean would you want to live here in winter with no clothes on yeah, well there's that weather yeah but even in well, I suppose there's some tribes that don't wear clothes, but they would still have have a loincloth beads or, or no. I mean, some don't, but they still ha- they still like fashion and have Expression like look at each other's effects. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or even tattoo like scars yeah. or or ear. Um, yeah, there's something about there must be some innate expression. I would yeah. say mm. adornment. Like, so, like my brother thinks that fashion is ridiculous. And that it should all just be practical. I think that too. But I enjoy. I mean, I'm not into fashion, but I enjoy clothes. But are you not myself. into fashion? Not really. I wouldn't consider Look at myself. you today looking jazzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you could see me, guys, I look jazzy. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I would. I'd be like, I think that like high fashion and the amount of money that people spend and I, all that is obscene. Yeah. I wonder if I did have loads of money, whether... I'd have, I would, I'd feel I would disagree because I think you can be into fashion without being high budget. Mm. Okay. It's something that's in you. Mm. You would spend your hundred pounds. I would call on that something. style instead. Though is that wrong? Um, for me, style is excluding fashion. So fashion comes and goes, and mm. you yeah, know, style is eternal. So yeah, like yada, fashion yada. is something that you kind of have to follow. Is it? Or is Not that trend? necessarily. I mean, I think what we're kind of broadly talking about is an interest in how you dress mm. yeah. and how far you take that, um, whether you call it fashion or style. Um, mm. And other people, like I've, I enjoy it for myself, but, I, you know, not really on a daily basis. But then other people, you know, I enjoy other people. If somebody's dressed really bright or cheery or whatever, I enjoy that too. It's like, God, that like... There's a couple of things for me behind that. So... To your brother's point, um, the fashion industry is a multi-billion dollar industry that generates so much employment and also pleasure yeah. to um, end customers. So I think it's, uh, I would say, naive um, and actually a little bit ignorant to be dismissive about it. I think people who are so dismissive have never stopped to think about it and have never... I don't know. I've never even gotten close to the fringes of it. They just, it's completely irrelevant to their world yeah. and they don't care. Yeah, it's and that's just absolutely living life fine. without yeah. that that's being a factor. That's absolutely fine. But 
don't be so dismissive of a gigantic industry yeah, um, yeah. that is absolutely global. I suppose to, to him, he would think that it was a waste of time for people to be spending, you know, worrying or not worrying, but considering what they're going to wear and... Uh, I would ar- counter-argue that if yeah. it gives you personal Let's pleasure... Let's get them in exactly, yeah. Let's get them But in. if it gives you yeah. personal pleasure, <laughs> yeah. and I would actually say... It's like art. You could say that about art but too. taking pride... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even but painting I, and whatever, and then bu- the people who buy it, it's, yeah. it's all... But taking pride in your personal appearance, making the effort every day to, I don't know, zhuzh yourself up a little bit. <laughs> if that makes you feel better... And you go out into the world with a little bit more self-confidence and pride. You can still look like a dog's dinner. Who cares? But if you go out feeling good about yourself and having more confidence in yourself, mm. is that not a good thing? Obviously, you can flip that on its head really easily. But, um, you know, I, I think having pride in your appearance and making a bit of effort is actually a little bit of a good discipline to have. Yeah. Some, I, I think that and I just think if it, if it is important to the person and it gives them pleasure or whatever and they're interested in it then that's brilliant for them horses for courses yeah Yeah. but one area where I get annoyed with myself as well is or probably around gender or whatever where you know that you know that there's some women particularly let's say in politics or whatever that they um, they've either let's say they wear just I'm just going to wear black suits all the time or they just have a few suits that they because they don't want that to be defining yeah and I I do find that with men yeah that they distract or she whatever and but I do it myself let's say if I'm watching the telly and there's a newsreader or a weather person and I'm like Jesus Christ what's she fucking wearing Mm. and then I feel bad because I shouldn't be judging her and because if it was a weather man I wouldn't even fucking notice yeah well, I would say, first of all, I completely agree with you. The double standards part is what's most frustrating there. Um, and I do really sympathise with women in politics because, and it shouldn't be the first thing that, that we think about. OJ Simpson case? Oh, so Marcia Clark? Yeah, maybe. Um, and she just got torn asunder for, she changed her hair during the trial and like they were just the stuff they said was awful about her. And that mm. was only in the 90s. Like mm. it was obscene. But it's it's kind of a it is a double standard, but it's also kind of a funny one in in terms of men don't get to express themselves as much as women do with what they wear. I would argue there's less scope, mm. but I think so. I and I was going to say the weatherman scenario. I would mm. actually, I personally would be sitting there equally judging the weatherman. Okay, um, because I'm. I'm very tuned into sort of how people dress and I really enjoy menswear. And for me, I absolutely love when you see a well-dressed man who's clearly a confident, stylish dresser and can take a little bit more risk and dresses with some flair. I just think that's, I just really enjoy that. I think it's absolutely fabulous. But you're right, there is less scope Mm. for men. You know, you're wearing a suit. So how do you jazz up that suit as opposed to women? A woman could be in a dress or a skirt or a jumpsuit. You know, we have more options. Mm. Um, Or even like with award shows and stuff like the Oscars. Yeah, well, they're kind of going, they're moving away from it a little bit, aren't they? About talking about what you're wearing. Is that brilliant? Yeah, I think so. Probably not for the fashion world, though, is it? No, you still, your dress is still out there. But I just think, you know, Women have something to say 
Yeah. Don't judge them first and foremost for how they're dressed or how they look or what way they've done their hair. Yeah. Like, do they have something to say? Let's talk about that. That is the bigger message at the end of the day. Um, and so I find that focus on their clothing just sort of mind-numbing. I'm like, I just... Okay, that's interesting because I yeah. didn't... I would have thought you'd... No, I find it really demeaning. Not oh, demeaning is a bit harsh, but uh, it really irritates me. And also it's so inconsistent because it's subjective. It's so inconsistent. Yeah. So you'll see one cheapy magazine saying, did you see the state yeah. of her? And she gets a big X. But then she might be in one of the glossies as absolutely major fashion credentials. Mm-hmm. Um, so who cares? It's subjective. Is the judgmentalism linked to style or fashion? Is it unfair or... It's unfair. It's subjective, you know, Um, but I think it's very cruel. And I guess that, you know, people, women, whoever, men in the public eye, it's a little bit of, um, I guess, unfortunately, the nature of their roles. Yeah. Um, But I do think people work into that or avoid it as they want. Um, I think it's kind of a flip, though, between men and women that's not there in other areas like say women like I was thinking about recently if if a you know say a man has bad shoes and his wife or girlfriend or partner or whatever is like those shoes are off we have to change them or don't wear that jumper I'm throwing it out or I want to get those jeans that you love and I'm throwing them out because they're not flattering or whatever mm-hmm. whereas if a man did that to a woman but it did ha- that happened in my house my dad would always my dad was had I would say more that's unusual yeah it is but my dad had more innate style than my mother sorry mum if you ever listen to this but I don't think she <laughs> disagrees um, but my dad would my mum would actually ask my dad what oh. should I wear and they would go shopping and my dad would very much drive what she bought mm. and but so do you think it's okay to say to somebody that doesn't suit you or? absolutely yeah. if it's somebody if you're if it's coming from a good place she says it to me all the time <laughs> Um, but yeah, if it's coming from a good place, yeah. why would you not improve your other half? Mm. But even so, I'm finding it with my daughter who who's really interested in um, clothing and where away her hair is and her makeup Appearance. and all that kind of stuff. And I suppose I that's not something that's in me a lot, a lot so I find it hard to spend a lot of time on it with her. But... Um, so she, she gets dressed and I'm like, oh, Jesus, but she, if she comes down mm. and her, let's say she might have her leggings pulled up really high with her T-shirt jammed into it. And I say to her, would you would you pull out the T-shirt? No, I think it looks fine. I think it looks good like this. And I'm like, well, what can I fucking say to that? Um, I think there's a certain amount of, why did you buy your leggings in the first place? <laughs> but uh, self-expression like let so, kids yeah, develop their own I? style yeah so I should just be like okay I think you're meant to let them do whatever they want yeah I wasn't let do that I was telling I you mean, you're not wearing that you're not wearing that took it in that way whatever spit on your hand and <laughs> rub your hair down kind of thing so I wasn't allowed wear what I wanted but I think that that's something that's emerged in the last 10 or 20 so, years but even, even to a broader not just with children but should people just, if they were like I think it looks good then that's yeah. cool for you. So if it's somebody walking down the street, yeah. absolutely don't interject. No. <laughs> one of you guys look absolutely rubbish and we're going somewhere as your friend, I would say, I think you can do better. 
Okay. And that is from a place of love because I want you to look your best. If you say to me, absolutely, I'm not changing. I'm staying in this. Cool. But, um, mm, it, you know. I don't know if I agree with that. What? If I ask you, what do you think of this? If I don't ask, then don't tell me. Yeah. Because then it puts, the, if they thought they looked great and then it's like, well, I'm going. Okay, there's a difference change. between you thinking you look great and then there being something like and how it actually very is. wrong but do you know what I mean like I wouldn't let you go out with a big stain on your dress well I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's multiple stains today I was eating watermelon before we came in here and I have a yellow dress on and Karen was just like staring me out of it daring me to spill something on she did she spilled all over her dress I was upset it's a great but, dress I mean, is, there, is there still fundamentals um, so for example if my daughter's wearing a really patterned skirt and and then I tried to encourage her to wear a plain top because to me if there was loads of it doesn't look clashy, good clashy. So, yeah is there still fundamentals that she's like I don't care if if she doesn't care she doesn't care I don't know I think I would be totally I'd be like old school I'd be like you are not putting those together then the child just turns into like a goth that wears black lipstick I know yet. she's going to be a goth I would just I don't know I think I would really struggle if I was a parent what about things that you kind of gently learned when you're growing up like you can't wear white and cream together or I disagree with that well I, just as I was saying it I was like she's going to disagree with <laughs> but you know those white kind of basic never of that. basic rules like, like I would be like don't wear leggings unless you have a top that's covering oh, yeah. your crotch so don't wear leggings would be funny. <laughs> even wet look leggings they had a moment you've definitely you yeah. used to wear when leggings when people wore leggings okay well, oh is that it over ship is, I mean for about a decade but skinny jeans are the new legging jeggings how do you feel about them? They're also what dumb. are je- what are jeggings? Oh. They were stretchy jean leggings. <laughs> okay, but they don't look any Jedward different invented to skinny them. jeans. Kind of do, do they? Oh, do they? Yeah, they're more <sighs> bet onto you. Jesus, the, how could they be more bet? We, we don't need to talk about jeggings. They are done, people. <laughs> Back to well, leggings. Done. So what's in? What's happening? What should we be buying what's now? Hot right now? Whatever you want to buy. Whatever I have questions you. for both of you, Karen. What is your favorite item of clothing? Item of clothing that you ever owned? Ooh. That's just and really hard. Yeah, it's got to be. I would. I think. Well, I don't know. For me, it's like pre-five-year-old stuff. Oh, that just opens up even more. Like I could I, be here for days. Well, I'm mine's sure actually an easy that. one, and Karen's gonna throw this bottle of water at me. But is it leggings? Your wedding dress? It's practically leggings. Oh no, pregnancy um, leggings. No, it's a top that Jess gave me, and it's not particularly oh. fashion. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, it's Karen it, wouldn't like it. You know it. It's the one that she used to slag you for with some sort of medieval look when you zipped up your jacket and it kind of puffed out at the bottom. <laughs> I don't know that. Anyway, oh, yeah. Jess gave it to me about eight years ago after you had it for several years. I and I just, it's, it's rather than the way it looks, although I still love the way it looks, it's really like a comfort thing. It's to like me. a baggy shirt dress. Yeah. And it kind of, it's really loose so you could wear it to a point when you're pregnant I'd say I, that's when you but gave it to me of, when I was it kind of balloons in you know the way if you saw a kid in a Halloween costume that was a pumpkin yes <laughs> pumpkin <laughs> I, I knew like you were going to go pumpkin and I think that was you when I had a short jacket on with it and the little bit was coming out mm. you said it looked Thanks. Shakespearean or something <laughs> you probably <laughs> worn with leggings great uh, Ugg boots. <gasps> boots or Crocs yeah anyway that's my favourite that's like but that's like tea and toast oh, wow. or something to me it's just a really and it smells amazing it smells like me. No, uh, it's some, it's something, but 
and mm. that's my favorite piece of clothing. So I still have it. I don't think I'll ever, unless it goes on fire or something, keep on to it. I guess I don't have a standout singular favorite piece of clothing. I have very lived in things. But, um, and what about then something that you've worn in the past and or been photographed in and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Nothing. No. Stand by Happy. everything. Yeah. What about <laughs> your hair at our sixth year graduation? I'd say my hair in all of my teens was absolutely I, yeah. There's a photo catastrophic. <laughs> and again, I stand by all those choices. I think your favourite one of mine was the uh, Psycho Bitch well, I've mer- I think I've merged two t-shirts that you had as a teenager. The one that said Psycho Bitch and then yeah, the one that had that Angelica. Green. Yeah, the that Rugrats. was white. The Angelica one is the one that you were wearing when yeah. I first... With my mint green combats. Yes. Low slung. And you had your belly, your super tanned, tanned belly out. Super tanned. Yeah. <sighs> too brown. Yeah, too brown. And I just had my highlights done, so I was too blonde. Again, I stand by those choices. <laughs> I was 15. Kira, what's your m- most morto? Oh, Jesus. I, there's so many for me. Yeah. Yeah, but they involved leggings. Uh, I've, I've, I've only no, just received news that the leggings are out. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, what we're, am I going to wear? We love just bare legs. What's wrong? I think... Tights. Yeah. I, do, I, so I love here, tights. Here's one. That somebody the other day was giving out that a girl was walking around in shorts and she had bad cellulite. And she was like, that's disgusting. That girl, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, good for her. I'm sure she knows she has mm. cellulite. And... Yeah, I think um, live and let live. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a pity. So for me, I would look at things and be like, that just wouldn't suit me because I have yeah. whatever. A big have, Karen or, would tell you. But <laughs> have I ever told you? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh, backfire. No, I just, it's, it's funny. Like, I restrict myself from wearing stuff because of some stuff to do with my body. So do I. Yeah. So for you to say to me, oh, just get your legs out. and But to me, I'm, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. No, 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 I'm, not saying, no, I'm not saying that. But I, for me, just your I thighs. don't like having my legs out because I'm not, don't have, I don't feel confident about the shape of my legs or the way my skin but is. Do you, or, do you think if most people wore more clothes and didn't give a shit about their more body confident and wore shorts with cellulite legs or whatever? Yeah. Everyone, everyone has cellulite to different degrees um, that it would make us all just more comfortable with seeing it and that's kind of how I felt today We it's really hot here at the moment yeah, the be- uh, and yeah. we were the on the beach and it's, it's really nice to see everybody yeah. else's bodies I have always thought that people actually look wonderful on the beach yeah. irrespective of their shape or their size yeah, everybody because great. people are just happy and they're not consumed by and do you know the people who look worst ever are the people who are self-consumed or you know uncomfortable in themselves because you read their body language before you kind of see their bodies and you can tell they're uncomfortable just be happy but if we all took more of that beach attitude into our how we dress in our lives totally but start with getting your ankles out I don't know for me (laughs) I always have bare legs A because I love trying to get a tan and B I just love the feeling of fresh air particularly when it's warm nice Mm. air on your legs I think it's absolutely glorious it's just it's a pleasure for me yeah and that's why I'm always in skirts and dresses because it's just so lovely to have Mm. air on your legs but climate has a lot to do with it as well of course yeah and then because we're also used to being covered up all the time then that it's like it's a big deal to have your legs out or whatever Mm. you know whereas and actually the interesting point that came up yesterday with us was that it's there's a bit of a hot spell going on at the moment in Ireland 
a drought, <laughs> even some might say. Uh, and Kira said she didn't think that Irish people would be able to handle hot weather all the time because it's like ingrained in our consciousness to be cold and miserable. All the time. No, you said we couldn't take that much joy. <laughs> Fundamentally discreet. Um, yeah, I did think about what I had said then after that. And I was just wondering, you know, let's say people who live in L.A. or wherever, that they're just a different type of I think the difference is, you know, it's going to be good weather every day. So it's not a big whoop about it. Whereas I think you we enjoy don't, it less. Yeah, you just you take it for granted. Whereas mm. we as a nation get excited. Obviously, some people are like, it's too hot. My flowers are dying, whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, as a nation, it's like festival kind of attitude because yeah. you're like, let's get out yeah. while it's warm. Let's enjoy it. I and think you that's don't a have to brilliant do attitude. housework or you, yeah, you get everything like a goes free to the back of the queue on things yeah. because it's too nice to just enjoy it. Yeah, it's brilliant. No, it is brilliant. I do think we'd be a totally different yeah. country if we were... Tropical. Yeah. yeah. Or even semi-warm more often. Yeah. And uh, like if the weather was less changeable, I just think we'd still talk about the weather as much all the time. <laughs> Can I just say, having moved to the UK um, to work in retail, the we talk about the weather non-stop oh. in relation to how it impacts sales. Okay. And having done the same role in Ireland, I mean where we it's a national hobby to talk yeah. about the weather but then in the UK it's like and sales were impacted by the hot weather sales were impacted by the cold weather rain coming great get people into stores I actually couldn't believe it and do you think it. there's as much kind of non-retail chat about the weather in England uh, Grand soft day no great we don't we, no, we don't talk about the weather as much unless it's extreme or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. but retail yeah the business of weather and what what what, what uh, off retail but London I have never spent that much time in London um, what was it like to move to London and I'd say horrific don't go just because it was stay in your villages people <laughs> is it very different to here yes it's huge is it yes I didn't really huge understand and it's hard it's uh, it's it takes you I, I know I'm not alone in this. It can take you a really long time to get established. I've never felt, I've been really lucky that I've had, always had friends there. My brother was there for a while and that felt really special to me to have, I only have one sibling, but you know, to have my brother in the same city. Mm. It didn't matter that he was miles away, but it, it just felt good. Um, so I haven't, a lot of people will talk about loneliness in London. I've not had that, but I've had the sort of relentless rejection from because um, my industry it's a much is bigger pond, isn't it? yeah, and my industry is quite challenging to get a job in anyway. Yeah. And like all big cities, they're better when you have money, and when you don't, it's just grim, um, and or challenging, but you know, grim. Um, so yeah, I find it really hard for is a really there, long time. Is there opportunities in Ireland for people, uh, by for buyers, just uh, with very yeah. very small pool? Uh, significantly smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I not. I not coming back. Yeah. No. And is there? But beyond London, is there other really great cities for 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 buyers or for? Um. Of course there are. Like any of the major cities. Uh. But London is brilliant because it's obviously one of the fashion cities. So a lot of and a lot of brands are based there. Um. So yeah. It's, it's a big it's obvious one home. it's only across the pond yeah yeah um, I must come and visit yeah yeah, yeah. with my leggings 
Yeah, we'll come and wear leggings, leggings and your crocs. Into our t-shirts. Yeah, um, I, I wear to, the Shakespearean shirts. I, I'm, I'm pretty uh, taken aback. Don't know what I'm going to wear. You keep on trucking with the leggings. <laughs> <laughs> she patted her on the head as she said that. Guys, <laughs> did not. She's too far away. <laughs> on the knee. I would have done an arm pat. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, that's great. Well, I've learned a lot anyway. Thanks, million, for coming in to talk to us in the middle of this gloriously hot day. I'm going to go out and get some more stains of different foods on my dress now. I'm going to fashion statement disapprovingly at you. (laughs) Slash, sort out your dress later. Okay, guys, thanks a million for listening. Neocast. Nearcast, your community podcast network. Listen to podcasts about society, people, poetry, board games, and many other topics. Subscribe to a program today. Learn more at nearcast.ie and find out how you can get involved.